Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour. I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful, remote co-host, Alexander Volz. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today we are discussing... Uh, Don't Elliot Smith. Bite your fucking tongue or burn in hell. Pick one, all right? Those are your two options. And before we get into it... If you'd like us to, to help us, support us, fucking, I don't know, tell a friend, subscribe on iTunes, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, all the things, whatever. And you should follow me actually on Instagram if you want to follow along with the artists that we will be uh, we will be announcing ahead of time which artists we will be covering, recording. Uh, I'll be posting stories about that. And you can uh, send emails, book club style, to everyalbumever at gmail.com if you want to participate uh, instead of just listening to us uh rant and bicker uh, and also if you want to suggest an artist you can also email us at every gmail.com we will be taking suggestions as we usually do and actually today is a suggestion this was suggested uh by lars coming all the way from sweden we have listeners in fucking sweden apparently uh which is wild but thank you so much lars for suggesting this one this is a, a very unique one because i'm not unique but like i never would have thought of it because i i've heard the, i know the name elliot smith everyone knows the name Elliot Smith. i don't know dick don't know nothing uh never would mm-hmm. even have cared don't don't care and now i have a very thorough opinion i know it's, i bet alex does as well but yes follow, yes. follow me for I, I forgot to plug my fucking instagram at pope jesus ventura jesus christ am I, am I a professional alex am i professional here or am i just a jackass yelling into a microphone uh a little from column a a little from column b uh well said uh, follow me for all the updates on the show, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you can follow Alex as well at Mother Puncher. Hell yes. And there will, as always, be a playlist on Spotify of Elliot Smith, as well as every other episode that we've done. There should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, we do this for every episode. There is a billion gajillion songs that we've compiled because we like music here. And even when we don't like music, we still like music. So, yes. Uh, Let's get into it a little bit. I'm going to hold on before you speak. I'm going to take a wild guess and assume Alex doesn't like Elliot Smith. I do not like Elliot Smith. Here's, this wh- was, here's why I'm mad at you. Okay. Because this is rough. This, I have mixed feelings. I went in, okay. I went in completely blind. Uh, like I said, same here. Uh, yeah. Same here. Second. Yeah. Knowing nothing but the name and vague assumptions of what he, what he would sound like based on, you know, he's from the nineties. He plays guitar. He died young. Uh, people love him. I can put some things together based on that information. <laughs> and I was fucking pleasantly surprised is the understatement of a century. I fucking loved it. I, I was like, Oh, I like this as much as Nick Drake. I, I respect it as much. The songwriting is fucking top notch. Uh, really creative, really unexpected. I couldn't predict what was happening next. It was very diverse. It was short and sweet. And then the middle of his, of his career came along and I was presented with something very similar to our pulp episode, episode 44, where things changed, sounds changed, and my yes. feelings also changed. Uh, so... It is a. I I came in excited and bl- like completely blown away, and then I ended very pissed off and very tired. <laughs> and now I I need a break from this guy. Uh, I'm we're already giving away our hand here pretty much. We're gonna talk about each album obviously in detail, but 
Uh, I don't know. I don't you know. I, what? Go ahead. Uh, I I think our opinions are going to line up more than you think okay. they will. Because okay. at a very similar, I didn't love. I didn't love it though. Mm-hmm. But I still held out some hope. Right. Maybe, and then uh, uh, around like '97, I was like, I'm I'm done here. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. However, uh, like I was so optimistic and I was getting like, this is, I fucking love this guy. And I wrote several times, like I am now a fan. I like this guy. And then I was like, all right, that is great. Hiccup. And then I was like, wait a minute. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And then it kept getting worse. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Uh, and here's the, here's another interesting thing. Cause I'm sure we're already being hated. That's cool. I don't know what his most beloved album is. I don't know anything about, like, I know he's acclaimed uh, critically and, you know, by fans, but I don't know exactly what people go to. So I, my opinions here are as objective as it fucking gets. Uh, so that's, I, yeah, that's why I'm here. Cause I looked up all that shit. Okay. Of course. And uh, I, but- I say, let's get to it when we get to it, whatever that, that may be. That may be, uh, but before we start backstory, because clearly we don't know Dick uh, going in. What do you know about the man now? Uh, I know he was in a band called Fire Mister Heat Mister Heat Mister Heat Mister, and um, yeah, he grew born in Omaha, Nebraska. Then. Uh, moved with his mom to Texas where she was married to a piece of shit oh. abused him. Uh-oh. All his songs are about having a shitty stepdad or drugs mm. pretty much. Right. He There's also has not, a million songs. He's got 700 million songs and they're all about the same thing, which is part of why I hate him. You know what? That's an interesting point because I was thinking during the, the, the last record that we're going to be covering, uh, how does someone have this many fucking songs and what could he possibly be writing about? And you just answered that. And uh, it makes a lot of sense now. Uh, I had that thought like, <laughs> no, we're getting way too ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So eventually he moved to Portland, Oregon with his dad and that's where he got into the music scene and all that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before Portland was cool. Oh, right. It's so cool. I would never go to Portland. That's not true. I would visit it. Uh, so during his lifetime, he recorded uh, six albums. The first one, 1994, and the last one, 2004, before his, like right after his death, I believe, uh, it was released. But we're going to be covering seven. Uh, New Moon came out in 2007. It's a posthumous compilation of, of, of a bunch of stuff recorded, you know, 93 to 97 type area i'm assuming something around there yeah around uh self-titled and either or yeah uh double album bunch of outtakes b-sides yada 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 so let us get into it i guess unless you have anything to add uh that's about it oh he is the i got two things to add uh He's the most British-looking American guy ever. Is he's, that is that what you're saying? Is that your way of saying he's really ugly? Because he's not good. I don't looking. know. <laughs> I don't know if it was the heroin and alcohol or what, but like he's looked fifty. Yeah. in his late twenties. The man didn't look good. Then, he did not look good. 
and then uh, the the Instagram page. Uh, what is it? Something for music chads. Uh-huh. Music. I don't know. Uh, it's talking about cuck bands. Oh. And he's totally. He's totally a cuck artist. Cuck bands, quote unquote, uh, Nutri-Milk Hotel, which we did cover. Uh, yes. I, what are the ones where like Arcade Fire, things like that? Arcade, Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. I think it qualifies. I do like them a lot, though, as we're going to, you're going to hear me. Listen, half this episode, you're going to, if you like it, you're going to like half this episode and then probably not like the other half. But <laughs> let's start now with the first album. This is 1994's Roman Candle. This is a great song. It's a fucking this, awesome song. Like, all those feelings you talked about, I had during this song. Yeah. But I got, dude, when this song came on, I was immediately like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. All right. I'm throwing out all my bite, like all the assumptions I had out the window. I'm listening now. Fantastic chorus too. Like, yeah, it, it is a, it, it is definitely the style I was expecting. Just it's better. Very very cool guitar stuff. Very interesting melodies there. All right, here we go. Personal favorite. Fuck. Personal favorite. Yes, this album blew me the fuck away. I was not ready for this. I was so confused. So confused on how this has no no fucking right to be this good. It sounds like shit. It's super minimal. Uh he's his vocals are double tracked the entire way and it sounds so awkward. It's it's practically a demo. Uh but every I love every song. It, I love every song. It was never intended to be f- for release, but after the label heard it, uh, Cavity Search, mm-hmm. they're like, of course, we got to put this out. Yeah. Like, what are you, crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then, yeah, it was recorded on his home four-track recorder. He plays all the instruments on it. Um, I don't love it as much as you do, uh-huh. but uh, I was like, okay, okay, this isn't... Uh, it could have been worse. It could have been way worse. Fuck yeah, it could have been way I'm, worse. I'm like, but I'm game. I'm right, game right. for this now. I was I was excited yeah. after listening to this. It was because that's what I felt like. It's more Nick Drake yeah. than it is Simon and Garfunkel. Absolutely. It's really complex. Every song or most songs it, it, are extre- like that title track you just heard. It, it does. It, it tackles uh, at least a couple different moods in that. You know, it's a short song. And then. The follow-up song, Condor Avenue, oh boy, mm-hmm. that is one really... I'm going to put on a little bit of it because that main rip is just so lengthy and all over the place. Here is Condor Avenue. Still going. That's one riff. Yep. 
That, that's so Nick Drake to me. Yeah, before we end up just putting the whole damn thing, it's, it's, and it is short. Uh, I mean, most of the songs, this is a short album. It's like 30 minutes. Uh, part of the reason why I love it. Uh, it just it doesn't overstay its welcome. Every song gets to the point really quickly. It's all really in the same style, but every, every song is like, oh, that's, this one sounds like this now. It's never, you're never, uh, it's not just one mood throughout the whole thing, uh, which is really common for this kind of music. It'll be all, you know, all sappy or it's all kind of edgy. This is all, that was like, I don't know what the fuck that was. It was pretty. Slightly, slightly happier, I think. Yeah, kind of, in a way. Uh, and even the poppier annoying stuff that I feel like you would hate or people who hate folk would hate, like like No Name Number Two. I love that. I love that song. I uh, do like the uh the average, like the very boring uh song subjects like No Name Number Two is this. Um I guess people don't really have it now, but you know, back in the day when you got like a number and you like call mm-hmm. like the horrors of the, talking to some, like being young and like talking to a girl on the phone. Oh, that's actually kind of endearing. That's pretty endearing. Yeah. Uh, that's what no name, no name two is about. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. It also uses. And then, yeah, like half of them are about his stepdad and it's just, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't like big on drugs yet. So uh, I see. Uh, n- one more thing about No Name Two is that it does use harmonica in a way that I don't hate, which is mm-hmm. super surprising for folk music. Because if you if you tell me you're gonna be, I'm gonna be listening to acoustic guitar folk with harmonica, I'm already gonna punch you in the face. I'm not into it, <laughs> but I like it on here. Um, not a fan of blues traveler. No, 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 no. Let's not do that <laughs> to anybody. Uh, and, and I, I noted this pretty early on. Like, I like this album so much. Like. If the rest of the entire discography blew, I would still be a fan because of this album. That's how much it, it, it grabbed me from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I still feel that way now. Like no matter how badly I feel about whatever, you know, later on. Um, however, this dude establishes very early on. He is not a great singer. Boy, oh boy. Uh, a lot of uh, effects on his voice throughout his So what that is, that, that is what I've talked about in the, fa- in the past. That is double tracking vocals. That is, you know, Ozzy Osbourne does that a lot and John Lennon did that a lot. Uh, and it is a very specific effect that I personally hate. I hate that effect on everything. I hate when anybody does it. Uh, it's a, it's a creative choice. He likes doing that. He's done it on, he does it on every album. Uh, I am not a fucking fan of that. I really wish, especially with something like this where it's super minimal and there's literally one guitar and a voice on most of these songs. It's not, it sticks out more. And when it's recorded on a four track, which it is, uh, with not great equipment, which it sounds like, it sounds even worse. Uh, I, uh, I, and also another thing, like I don't want to show the production too much because it's clearly you know a home recording. Out of home, yeah. But it's really uh, heavy on the low end, even though it's just a, a guitar. So if you like you crank it, it really hurts. <laughs> like it's it's mm-hmm. not it's not a flattering recording. Um, they actually. I think for what was it? 
Damn, I don't have notes on it, but one of them was like remastered mm-hmm. because a lot of people were like, this shit like hurts. I believe I'm talking about the remastered. So, oh, yeah. shit. So, if I can't imagine what the original sounded like, uh, it's probably rough. Yeah. Like, uh, especially those like chord changes. You get the, I don't even know what that sound is when you, if there's a name for it, just like, you can hear it more in person, just like oh, the, the, the noise, the sliding, of, the sliding of the the fingers on the strings. Yeah, I, I would grab a guitar and do it for you, but it, it's too far away. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so that's pretty much the main thing. I mean, I also don't care for No Name Number Four. It's it's fine, but it's like also super short. It does it, it like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's taking up too much space. Everything is so to the point. Um, drive all over town fucking uh, love that one a lot uh and i dude last call just moves me in ways that i fucking uh i just love it so much so fucking I re- much. yeah last call was one of my favorites too and i was thinking like uh man like he could probably do some cool stuff with electric guitar because it's i it's i know i then, know i know what he does with electric guitar later that. on is nothing like, nothing like Last it. Call. Actually, I would say Last Call is one of the few songs that even sounds like that. It's very grunge-esque. It's not grunge, mm-hmm. but it's like it's really it's really Nirvana reminiscent. Um, it actually you're you're just saying a little bit. It's a little bit. It's light on the distortion. There's some still not very. There's no drums or anything. There's not very much percussion on the whole thing. Um, it really reminds me of Sebado. Uh, have you heard them before? I have not. There, it's a. Uh, Lou Barlow, I think it's his name from Dinosaur Jr. I believe okay. it, I believe it's his band. I probably you know what I'm gonna double check just so I don't look like an idiot. Um, you know they're they're very much in in the vein of Dinosaur Jr. In early '90s indie. Um, yeah, Lou Barlow. Um, and they're 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 a good band. I, I've only heard like a little bit, a few albums, but uh, really reminds me of that. I really like it like that. Same, his voice even sounds the same as the dude from Seven. I think it's Lou Barlow singing. Um. But it's a great song. I really wish there was more of it. Uh, unfortunately, it kind of ends at that song. Uh, although I do actually appreciate that uh, they closed the album. Well, he closed the album with Kiwi Mad Dog 2020. Yep. By the way, awful drink. Anybody who's if you don't if you're not familiar, I with, didn't even know that was if, a drink. I just thought it was a wacky song title. If you're not familiar with Mad Dog 2020s, you probably grew up in a nice neighborhood. That is a <laughs> uh, that was a staple in the ghettos. Uh, a bo- okay. it, was, it was like a really fruity, l- trashy, cheap alcohol. It was, it was like a Cisco. It was like that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a lot of Mad Dogs in my youth. Uh, so kiwi is the, yeah, it's a flavor of of Mad Man. I haven't had I haven't this. It's been so long since I've heard of fucking Mad Dogs that I I almost thought it was a <laughs> it was a nonsense title. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, I remember Kiwi Mad Dogs. Wouldn't it, oh wouldn't it be great if you had like a song called Four Locos? Oh, dude, isn't that like a Pitbull song? Wouldn't that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it is, but I, I probably just made that up. But it seems like it would be. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just went back to this one over and over again. And here, the thing is, by the the end of the whole discography, I was, uh, I was so burnt down, so burnt out on just folksy minimalist kind of, you know, sad sounding folk songs that I had, I had to go back and really like 
do I, you know, the, the usual, am I crazy? Do I hate these albums or am I just, you know, the fatigue? And I went back yes. after the full discography and I loved it just as much. And I'm like, no, this is just a really good album. Uh, mm-hmm. Holds up. I'm a fan of Elliot Smith just because of this. I like more albums of his, but this is my favorite. And I would only say it's not the best because it's so rough. And people who are like sticklers for production and quality, it's not going to be an easy listen. Uh, even though the songs are just that good. Um, also it's like the most folksy and, and like annoying sad guy singing with a guitar and that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way. I know. Sure. I know. <laughs> I know. It rubs me the wrong way too, but like the writing is so fucking man. It, it's, it's just stellar. The writing is just so much better than I, was, I could have possibly expected. Like this dude is really talented. Yeah, this is, you know, I might throw a, a few compliments out here and there, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I know, I know we're going to go do some some dark shit right now. We're going to disagree a lot, but at least here we have this album. For, for some reason, I knew, I don't, I forget what you said, but I'm like, oh, we both have personal favorite. I just had a feeling. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Sometimes we align. Sometimes. Uh but yeah, I mean, it's our favorite. It's short to the point. It's beautiful. It sounds like shit, but goddamn, it's a. I, I like it. We like it. And and in my opinion, the the best guitar playing he does, and it's what's well, the most noticeable guitar playing because uh, the, the more they go on, yeah, cause, yeah, because yeah, this kind of feels like a wash, out, or like. It's just a wave of very similar sounding stuff after this. After he starts doing a lot more chord, regular, like just standard chord changes. And then when he does do technical stuff, there's like a million other instruments as the albums go on. So you can't really tell here it's front center, no hiding. It. It's very raw. It's very authentic sounding. It's very, it's very real, especially. And honestly, oddly enough, I do like the shittiness of it because it, it just reminded me more of Nick Drake. Like it yeah. sounds like a rough record. It sounds like it was recorded a long ass time ago. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, but like, I think he's better with shittier production. I just, it just sounds more convincing and more, I don't know. Like I believe him more. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty, pretty long ago. The, the nineties keep getting further and further right. away. But, but like nineties records didn't sound like this. Like okay. this sounds like okay. shit. <laughs> like, I know what you're saying. Right. Right. Uh, but let's move on. This is nine. Oop, 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 gotta pull it up. Gotta pull it up. Nineteen ninety-five. Self-titled. Elliot Smith. I like that riff a lot. It's very nineties. And it's also weird to hear it uh, as a solo acoustic song. Like a riff like that, you would you would hear in like a '90s rock song. Alex hates it. That's why he's not commenting. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. do. I fucking yeah. love this song. Calling some friend, trying to cash some like, check. Okay, Shacking fine, but that's what you come. This is the whole fucking album. It is. Oh, I mean, kind of. There's some flourishes here and there, but. So 
I like that song, Alex. All right. Uh, but I do agree that it does wear on the soul as it goes on. It's too long and it, it does. It's the same. It's the same presentation as the first album. Do the um, guitar. So when this drops, we missed the, a month from now, like August 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, the 25th anniversary of this album is coming up. So we mm-hmm. a little off, we could have done the dropped it on the and then shit 25th. on it. No, no. Uh, I actually like this album. I like it uh, a lot, not as much as others, but I still do like it. I, but like coming off of the, here's the thing. The writing is still fucking really strong. The writing is still as strong. It's just too long and there's no variation in presentation whatsoever it's the just no variation a, is yeah. what did me in i can only listen to so many songs about abusive stepdads and heroin <laughs> like i the fatigue was already really oh i was i was all game at this point i was still all in all in i wasn't a hundred percent turned off but i was pretty worried worried some um <sighs> Some of the th- I I guess I like Southern Bell. I love Southern it's got, Bell. It's got like a, a Middle Eastern vibe to it, and uh, I don't know why I like when he says, uh, "How come you aren't ashamed of what you are?" This uh, that's a very something good. about the way he he's saying that that mm-hmm. was that was good. But he meant it. Yeah, I uh, I love Southern Bell. I think it's super well written. It's it's got like a million different parts and changes. It's so good. And it's like, it's oddly cathartic. It's really energetic. It's heavy. And one thing I do love about this album, and it really reminds me of Nick Drake, heavy acoustic guitar, like heavy, like, yeah. like detuned low. I really like that sound. It's just a, something, it's just satisfying. You don't, it doesn't feel like it, it's missing bass because of it. Uh, another enjoyable thing. I like his guitar playing immediately after and uh single file. A single file. I, oh, that you mean fucking Blackbird Two? That is man, it. Blackbird Two, dude. Let's start on, <laughs> dude. If this song doesn't remind you of Blackbird, I must be losing my fucking mind because all I think is just Blackbird copycat. It's just single file. Kind of. Hold on, it's I not know. that part. Okay. It's the the chorus, the the the. It modulates, it changes keys into the chorus. And then the chorus, like, that's a total Blackbird thing. That is so obviously taken from Blackbird. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to it, but I, I hope we do. Ironically, I think he was supposed to cover Blackbird for some soundtrack, but it didn't, didn't happen. Well, he found, found a way to do it somehow. This isn't selling Blackbird, but it's... The, it's the transition into the chorus that is, you'll, you'll know it when you hear it. Yeah, this song's not that. Right there. That modulation into the chorus where, dude, that is so Beatlesy. Like changing keys that specific way into a chorus, is, mm-hmm. it's such a fucking Blackbird thing. And I'm going to say, Beatlesy a lot in this episode. Oh yeah, and this is where it starts. It's only on that song on this album, but it was like, oh, that's oddly exactly like 
the Beatles. It's clear. He's clearly influenced by them. Everyone is in some way, but that's like, uh, all right. All right. Uh, I don't hate the song at all, but that was like, yeah, that's a little yes, much. We go on uh, lots of Beatles stuff. Lots of uh, the band big star definitely are felt throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier you were talking about how you didn't mind the harmonica on, right. I forget what song. Uh, uh, number two, I believe. <clears throat> Alphabet Town, you get some darker sections mm-hmm. and then they bring in the harmonica. And that, that actually, yeah, I'm I, not, not offended by the harmonica. I like that song and a lot. Yeah. That's uh, the only, only you nice thing. Hold on. Have you to don't say. like, you don't like Clementine, that fucking gorgeous ass. How dare you? I'm putting on Clementine just because I hate you. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that fucking acoustic guitar is so cool. I like this riff a lot because it's, it sounds oh, right there. God damn it. Um, it doesn't have the the sappy, edgy, I'm sad feel as the, the, the opening two songs. So it just, it kind of like, oh, this one's kind of, it's not upbeat, but it's it's very uh, early 90s indie rock. It has that feel to it. I really like that. Yeah, the listening to it again, it's... I don't mind the guitar, but yeah, once he starts singing, uh, yeah, it's like any unique His, cool thing right. is just flushed away because he has a hundred songs His, where he's singing like that. His voice gets real tiresome, and this album is where it began. Like, oh, it's so soft, it's so gentle. He has no range. He has absolutely no range, uh, and. I, I, the vocals at least are produced a little better in this one. They're not double tracked from beginning to end, but they still are uh, a lot. And I don't mind the softness. Like I can't think of a single folk singer. I actually like anyway, like the voice vocal wise. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I, I'm not offended by it, but after a full discography, it's like, fuck man, this is, and there are some songs in later albums where his, it's not so much his voice that bothers me as it is his vocal lines and the melodies that he sings that like almost ruin really great chord changes and hooks. Uh, mm-hmm. So this one, I, I was still on board with this album. I don't care much for uh, St. Ides Heaven so much. Uh, it sounds almost as bad production wise as the first album. Uh, good. Another, uh, another song about alcoholic beverages. Is it now? Is it now? Uh, good to go. Don't care for that one as much either. Uh, but I do like Satellite a lot. I think it's very haunting. It's, very, it's a great main riff. Um, but it's like, it's just the, the last album, but less good essentially. Yes. I also wrote that it's really not that much more different, but no. it's not as good. It's not as good. I still think he had some great ideas writing wise. Like still here. I'm like, Oh, I was not expecting any of these songs to go where they go. And I, I appreciated the hell out of that, but it's too long. It's only what, not even 40 minutes, but like, this is an EP's worth of, of presentation. I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, but somehow every album gets fucking longer, longer and longer. Somehow, like almost uh, sequentially. Like, yeah, yeah, it's 
crazy. Yeah. There's none that are around the same length. No. It's like every album goes up like five minutes or something. It's weird. But Alex, not a fan of this one so much. I still like it a lot. Uh, but let's move on. Anyway, this is 1997's Either Or. I adore this song. Just say it. I feel fucking crazy. Because this is one of the beloved, is one it? Of his beloved albums. Uh, well, for one, that's a band behind him. Yeah. Sounds like he uh, got some money. Got a little bit of money. He's on a label killed rock stars right now. Wait, which one's that? I don't know that one. They're not like huge, but and it's a really uh, I really dig that choice to use that piece of shit snare or whatever the fuck they're using. I like it. And yeah. Yeah, it's all, most of his albums are him playing all the instruments. And let us chat. So, uh, you got any accolades? Because I got some, some groundwork. Best album. Oh, man. Yeah, this is, the, this is where I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first one, obviously. But I liked how it introduced the full band. I wasn't expecting it. And... I like the pacing of it is really well done. And also this is the last album spoilers, everyone, sorry, where I was impressed by his writing. This is where I was like, okay. these are still really interesting songs, really still really complex, uh, still keeping me on my toes. And then it also has the band and it sounds awesome. So this is like the, the, everything that he was good at. I feel like in one album. So, uh, I didn't know why he was famous, and it's because a Mr. Gus Van Sant uh, heard this album. Wait, tell me about this. He's the director who did Goodwill Hunting. Oh, hey Mike, you know where Goodwill Hunting takes place? Boston. Fuck Boston. How you like them apples? God damn it! I knew it was coming. So the, the, the foolish, ignorant child in me wanted to think the best of you. Ah, God damn it. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's move on. But uh, it's a weird choice because it's about, you know, these guys from Southie. Mm. And uh, it's weird to put like Elliot Smith in there. But wait, whatever. I, yeah. I, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Which, which songs were in there? Or song. Um. So a song he recorded for the album called "Miss Misery," oh. and then they did "Between the Bars," "Angels," and "Say Yes." Oh, okay. Interesting. Wait, "Miss Misery." Uh, you recorded that for the movie. You mean? Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, it's not on here. I believe it's. It's on the uh, the last one that we're gonna. Be yeah, talking that's about, yeah. probably like his most most famous song, "Miss Misery," but uh. Yeah, I just wanted to get my fuck Boston in. Of course, of the, course. You sack of shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get shot, and I'm not going to defend you. No, no, you never will. Um, <laughs> I really 
like I don't like it. I saw how critically acclaimed it is. Um, The album title comes from the philosopher Kierkegaard. I can never say his name. How do you spell it? K-I-E-R-K-E-G-A-A-R-D. I'm out. Don't don't know. Don't even try it. I did. I read a few of his things mm-hmm. in college uh, when I was Goodwill hunting. Right, and right. Then, um, he's okay, but um, <laughs> yeah, lower on your list of philosophers. It's so it's so beloved that uh-huh. I saw the uh, renowned critic. Uh, what's his name for the Village Voice? Modern critic. Uh, because I, uh, I only know Lester Bangs. That's all I know. I believe was this one. Oh, whatever. But uh, he's he's like a pretty prevalent uh, rock critic uh, and kind of like the American um, peel, but not mm-hmm. not as big, right? And like he was not really a fan of these things either. So I was just like, okay, maybe I'm in his camp. Right. Uh, but he was uh big on it is what you're saying. No, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't big on it. He, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Interesting. So that made me feel a little more sane that there was, I, I get it. I definitely get it. I really like this album a lot. I really like it. I, I don't think I it's like perfect. Alame- what? I like Alameda. Oh, that's a fucking like- gorgeous song. Oh, Absolutely. That you know, might could be off a boring Radiohead album, like the first two. <laughs> let us put on a little bit of Alameda. Usually I get tongue-tied saying that word, so I'm glad I pulled it off. You nailed it. This actually, I get it scratching all of the 90s rock itches. Like, I, I definitely feel that from this song. get the annoying part of it though like like if you're not already warm to this this kind of style of writing it's obviously not going to change any minds but i i oh man i really like this fuck man yeah it's a good song um i i almost had trouble with this one because like it's it's just it's this thing where i i, I didn't even know it was like i had a feeling it was loved but uh, i didn't know this was like you know so huge but it's this thing with like really beloved albums and it, i was talking about this with a friend recently like i don't get a lot of it like i don't get why some albums that are clearly flawed are somehow just they're just solidified in history as as masterpieces and i don't think this is at, at all flawless like punch and judy oh boy oh boy <laughs> Not shout a, out to the fluid. Shout, shout out to the fluid episode 41. Uh, <laughs> I fucking knew I remembered. Uh, yeah, that's the name of the first album, uh, which I didn't like, but that's, I, I really don't like that song at all. And then like say yes, which I think is, it's a fine song. So much Beatles. It's like the, the rest of the album isn't too Beatles heavy and the influence, but that song sure is. And it's also like a really weak closer. Like it's like a, it ends with a thud. It's, a, it's unusually like, wimpy of an ending uh i want to put on that just to give a hint uh of all the beatles nests that's happening this is say yes 
and I didn't put the volume because I forgot. So with the world through the eyes of a girl who's still around. This is like Beatles knockoff like to fucking, the max, yeah. huh? Like a fucking wiener right now. And it's double this double track, just like Lennon did a lot. Well they all did, but you know. Lennon comes to mind specifically. Yeah, that's that is so Beatlesy. It's like oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh before say yes, two forty five AM, that song I fucking something about his voice, like You hate it? I wish I wish he was still alive so I could punch him in the face for that song. I like that song a lot. I, especially, when, something... especially when the band comes in at the end. Oh, it sounds oh. so fucking satisfying. Fucking ballad of big nothing. Okay. You can say that again, right? Okay, I'll I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> it's pretty it's not great. I don't, I don't hate it, but it's like it's too especially too early on the album because it's like a pretty average average song and it's like track three and it's like after Alameda you're kind of riding high a little bit uh I'll tolerate uh no name number five yeah it's it's no mambo number five no but, I'll but it. what else is other than the great mambo uh I would say maybe, for, maybe smooth <laughs> I want to fucking stab you Alex uh, it is a hot one today <laughs> Seven uh, inches from the midday sun. I was hoping you'd finish that line. Uh, no, no, no name number five. Uh, it's like as close to a roller coaster as he can get because it's a lot of di- you know, peaks and valleys, it dips in, in and out. It starts out really quiet, has like a pretty solid buildup. Um, love pictures of me uh, a lot. And what did I, huh? Oh. Oh, pictures of me was when I was like, I was trying to rank him. I still don't know if I hate Simon and Garfunkel more or Neutral Milk Hotel more. Uh, uh, there's but only one correct answer, you song. sack of shit. There's only one correct answer. Neutral Milk Hotel is obviously worse. Obviously <laughs> worse. Anyways, now the the waters are more muddied because now I'm like, out of the three, how would I how would I rank them? So. There is no fucking contest. Elliot Smith top, Simon and Garfunkel, <laughs> then Neutral Milk Hotel. Dude. He's dude, the, these first three albums I like a lot, but just the first album alone in terms of writing, he's clearly more talented than the other the other two. Like in terms of like That's, just being able to piece together good structures and good melodies, no contest. He's so much better. He's so much better. That- that's true because I don't think I gave the other two bands as much praise as I did that. Yeah, that first album. So. Yeah, like even I, even though I like Simon and Garfunkel episode eight, yeah, that's like our most liked episode. It's like such a weird anomaly. Uh, even though I do like Simon and Garfunkel, I will not defend a whole bunch of what they do. Uh, <laughs> this, like these first three albums, I I will defend the fuck out of these first three albums. Um, I get it being beloved. I don't get it. Uh, anybody who calls it a masterpiece or anything like that. Uh, the same with here's gonna be a controversial take that I might have mentioned in the past. Televisions, Marquee Moon. I don't think that's a perfect album at all. I think it's a great album, but like, and then again with like uh, London Calling from the Clash, another beloved mm-hmm. as like it's not a how how is that a masterpiece? It's good. It's no doubt good, but there was fucking problems, man. Like, uh, in my opinion, of course. Uh, but this is the same. Like we'll I don't probably end up doing both those bands for at sure. some point. We, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but I, I, 
don't think it's perfect, but I fucking really like it. And I'm definitely going to go back to this one a lot. I'm going to go back to the first three, like a lot. I re- like I was mm-hmm. a, a legit fan, but at this point, like I am all in, I like this guy. I think he's a really talented dude. Um, and the production on this one, first of all, it's, it's just the right amount of good. It's like the sweet spot. Cause it's not over the top. It's not glossy. It's not, you know, um, unnecessary strings or unnecessary synths all over the place. It's, it's minimal enough. Uh, there's still plenty of solo stuff, um, you know, with just hit, just him and a guitar, but every once in a while, they'll just throw the full band band in at the end of a song, or they'll just be, you know, a whole song in between with, with the full band. And it really helps the pacing. You don't feel the length of it as much, especially not as much as the last album. Um, mm-hmm. so it just, it's like the sweet spot. It, it feels like the, you know, Ford's just right album. Um, it's not perfect, but it, it does everything. I think he was good at, and I like it a lot. Alex hates it. I do. I am not a fan. <laughs> um, I do think the song Rose Parade is funny because it's not about a natural parade, but people who parade uh, fake personality around or uh, self-congratulatory mm-hmm. things like the Oscars and oh. what she said, which is ironic. He wrote that song and then ended up performing at the Oscars. Did he? So, when was that? Yeah. That was uh, 97 for, for this, for Goodwill hunting. Oh, no shit. No shit. That's crazy. Man, that's an also also an odd thing too that he found fame in his lifetime for like a yes. style like this because I so far that's like not the norm uh, with this. Yeah, type of usually stuff. guys like this they get some notoriety after they've done the deed or they're but, dead, like uh, Nick Drake. Yeah, but um, yeah, after recording this album is when he he started becoming for those of you who don't know he started to become suicidal and had at least one attempt under his belt jesus christ uh i'm assuming we'll get more into that as the albums go on yes okay so let's move on to 1998 xo apparently it didn't Click correctly. Jesus Christ. Here we go. So now, because of the Goodwill hunting and the, the Oscar fame, now he's on DreamWorks. DreamWorks? They have a record label? Not anymore. I think did Warner Brothers buy them? But they did. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, you say? Oh, yeah, that's gonna suck. Oh, no, Universal, we're good. Oh, thank Christ. I was gonna say, if Warner bought it, we're gonna have to fucking block this video on YouTube. <laughs> I want the rest of the instruments to come in before I lower this very much uh, in the vein of the opening track from the last album opens with uh, solo folky stuff and then eventually Steph happens this album was uh, inspired by broke pop music so. broke yeah like uh, B-A-R-O oh Baroque Baroque oh yeah. 
I feel like you're that's more your, your I do like class well Baroque, you know, from the sixteen hundreds, I'm a fan. Uh, it's very dense and difficult to, difficult to do. Okay. And now they have all the money in the world. Because that is a yes. big production. I think part of that has to do with uh, no, turning his other songs into the big, mm. big productions right. for the movie. That's a great baseline, uh, and it's it sounds crisp as fuck. Let's talk. Uh, Least favorite. You know what? I don't blame you. <laughs> this I wasn't expecting that, but I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get it for this one because this is his other like super Re- beloved really. Album. Yeah. Interesting. The big two. So, okay. Either or an EXO. I didn't know that. Uh, boy, I... And here's the thing. As a guy who went in completely blind and I liked the last album, I remember... Well, obviously, it happened a couple of days ago. But when I was when I first put it, on, put it on, I was in my car. I had it cranked. And when all those, all those instruments came out, I was like, oh, so that sounds fucking phenomenal now. It's, it's probably going to be an elaboration of his writing. It's probably going to be way better. And then the next song came out. I was like, huh? And then the next song came out. I was like, Oh, and then by the end of it, it is, woo. He's not, he, the writing is taking a fucking blow. Uh, and it, I am now on the end of, I don't care much for what's happening now. Uh, I don't get this. I mean, I yeah, get it well, kind of, but I don't like it. So when I got, to the second song tomorrow tomorrow i'm just like what what do you have to say that you haven't said a million times mm-hmm. which isn't a whole lot right and this when you were doing the songs i i looked up the music critic robert christigo uh-huh. he's the one he who gave was- he, he was the only reviewer to give this a bad bad review really so, really but, that guy's a fucking legend to that, me. You know what? Props to that guy. And I will say to be completely fair, I don't hate this album. I still kind of like it. I think it's I think it's decent. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I do like on here. Like I like well, mostly like a lot of the bass lines. I'm I'm so appreciative of the production on this fucking thing. And it I uh, here is where my problems come in. It's the Beatlesness has been cranked, and it mm-hmm. it, it comes in and it's so blatant like. Jesus Christ. I, I think it's, um, I didn't understand the vocal mm-hmm. stuff is like, are you kidding me, dude? I'm going to put on a little bit of that just cause we've all heard this. We all like the Beatles. We've all heard this. This is, I didn't understand. It's, it's so funny. Like that's not, I, issues, I don't hate this song at all, but it's just so like, it's the Beatles, man. We've, we had them already. It's like he's just copying them. Those, those backup vocals? That is so... Those backup vocals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess... Is that what he what he meant by Baroque? Like, stuff like that? Because a lot of... Baroque is, is typically... Um, Characterized by polyphonic textures, that means I'm doing one melody. This guy's doing another melody. We're a third guy's doing this melody. A fourth guy's that's just you know it's it's not it's, a, it's not baseline <laughs> melody. It's melody, 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 melody. Um, it was uh it was a way for him to say he's doing Beatles music without uh, but yeah, I don't really have an issue 
with like the Beatles production and all that as much as I do just the sameness of his songs. It's so it's getting pretty same. So, yeah. yeah. And even if I was to just do this as an album, ignoring the rest of his albums, like start to finish, it doesn't really, there's not much different from point A to point B. It's just yeah, all very samey retreading the same stuff over and over right. again. And like, uh, I mean, I, I, like, I, like I said, I still do like stuff. A baby Britain, I think has great bass lines. I like independence day. If it didn't, I mean, it's so fucking Beatlesy, man, but like, I still like it. Uh, and I don't just mean production wise. I mean, arrangement wise, like he's arranging these the way the Beatles would like, listen, listen to independence day. This is a, uh, yeah. <laughs> give that guitar a pass even though it already sounds Beatlesy. but when everything comes in it's like it's like man those progressions it, the writing has become like he's trying to write Beatles songs that's sh- straight up and then the vocals are produced exactly like John Lennon. Like I, I like that song. I like it, but it's just—it's not original. It's not nothing about uh, at all about it is original. And that's where my problems with this dude start coming in. Because like, I, mean, I still like Waltz Number One. I think that's beautiful. I like a question mark. Uh, everybody cares. Everybody understands. I think has moments. Um, I. The those uh those past two songs, question mark, everybody cares, mm. are like the only two songs I really enjoyed. Yeah. Like question mark, the bass is kind of funky sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of foreshadowing what we would get on the next album. Um what oh every everybody cares, everybody understands. Yeah. Pretty basic. Elliot Smith song. Yeah. Yeah. But once the full band comes in. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've always liked how he does that specifically. Like you think it's just a standard solo folk song and then everything will come in and it'll just, it's as a nice build up to it. It's, it's always like, I respect his, his natural ability to, to write and arrange music. But from this point on, it sounds like he's trying to write Beatles songs. Like it's just weird. Because these these types of songs, these types of progressions, um, these types of harmonies and melodies, they don't sound like how they used like three albums ago. They're, it's like a different person wrote them. It's it's odd. Um, so like, you know this, what song is weird? Hmm. Amity. I don't remember it. I'm going to put it on now. Before you put it on, mm. to listeners too. This is the beginning of the song. It sounds like you're changed like you changed radio stations and you just came in the middle of the song. It's really bizarre, but okay. this is the beginning of okay. the fucking song. This is Amity. It's mid course. <laughs> oh man, I for sure blocked the song out. I guess it's one of the. Uh, it's one of the what? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's more one of the more rocking ones. Uh, 
and it's also pretty short too. So I, I, I can see why I kind of just glossed past it. Um, Forget about it. I think the only song that I, that stuck out is, as, as me actually hating is blood white and boy, do I hate that song, uh, <laughs> man. It sounds like every other nineties rock bland, generic, annoying. It sounds like his peers. It doesn't sound like mm-hmm. anything at all intricate. Um, hate it. I, man, this is the one that everyone loves, huh? Like it's, I mean, aside from the last one, it felt yeah, like a huge, these it, are the, it's like, these are the two I'm going to get crucified for. Right. And you'll get half crucified. I'll get half crucified. But it's like, it was a weird thing because I was almost, I was almost conflicted when I was first listening to it. Cause I was like, this is his best sounding album that ironically has his least interesting songs. And like, at this point I was like, I was praising the dude for his songwriting ability. So I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. That's like, it's like, he finally sounds good. And then like, this is like a misstep. And then, mm-hmm. and then we get to the next one. We're going to get there. Are we, are we done here? Are we going to, are we going to move on? Except I think our, we're done. Except um, our fates on this one. Let us talk about 2000s figure eight. I think we might come to blows on this album. Possibly. I do know this is a, a hit. I know this is a hit. So this is not like my cup of tea, but I was like, it feels so, it feels different enough. Yeah. The song that I was, yeah, that I was like, okay, let me see what this album has to offer. I agree. Uh, I don't really love the style, but that's good writing. It's well written. Yeah. This is a good, good pop song, yeah. pretty much. Pop rock song. Those backup vocals are so Beatlesy. Ooh boy! All right, let's talk. Say it, say it. Best. Oh boy, I didn't see that coming. Didn't see that one coming. I think it's his best album. Man, I got this one broke me. This is the one that broke this me. This is the one that. Yeah. See, I was already broken, so it was like <laughs> only can can only go up from here. Oh man. Okay. P- plead your case. So I just think it sounds fucking solid. It does obviously it does yeah. And. It was just the most versatile to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would like, I was debating whether I should give it to this or Roman Candles. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I like, I think, you know, the word the best. I think the playing, the production. Mm-hmm. This is a album you could show to a lot of people. It definitely is. Uh, what broke me about it was the fact that it's it was it sounded identical to the last album, except it just had more songs I didn't like on it. Like just quantity wise, I was like, oh god, another one. Like, and I didn't hate it, but it was like I don't feel the difference between any of this. Like, like very few had like, and oddly enough. 
it, it also happens to ironically have some of the most interesting and really unique things that he's ever done. Like, uh, uh, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Uh, fucking everything means nothing to me. Boy, God. Yes. Damn. That's yes. gorgeous. Holy that's shit. One of, yeah. That's one of his best song. Well, and by, yeah, no, I someone be. who doesn't like him. I think that's one of his best songs. It's incredible. Man, like the way it builds up, and when that band comes in, oh Jesus! And that piano, fucking, it's melancholic beauty. It's fucking amazing. Uh, and then, actually, touch on this a, a second uh, earlier. Uh, I said that his vocal hooks ruined, kind of almost ruined a song for me. That song <laughs> is somebody that I used to know. Like, I think the guitar is phenomenal. Really interesting hooks, great chord progressions, and his voice, the vocal lines, is just like, oh, this is like some generic folksy bullshit over it uh and it's like the second track and that bothered me but junk bong trader super beatles i hate that song i really hate it i, could, <laughs> I don't even think i could get through like two listens of it well, I, I did but like it was not easy for me uh, he has uh he has like some wiener vocals yes yeah. i forget what song i pointed that out in but uh everything reminds me of her around like the 150 mark he says he says lost and it's like man those are like some emo pop punk like lost i'm putting it on like, now you said 150 around there yeah just because you came across oh. Lost. Yeah, <laughs> so I, get, I get it. <laughs> I, I actually don't like that song either. Uh, it's not, uh, no. um, LA, you get some like rocking yeah. guitars. It's rocking. You get some country guitars. Mm-hmm. I'm on the fence if I like that song or not. It doesn't. It doesn't do much for me. It's okay. Um, but what I did like a lot, surprisingly, for me, surprisingly, happiness. The Gondola Man. Or happiness slash the Gondola Man. I wish Gondola Man was a full blown song Dude, instead of this some throwaway outro. It's that it's like fifteen seconds and it's fucking amazing. So happiness, it's first of all, it's like five minutes. It's like one of his longest songs, and I was surprised that I didn't even notice the length of it because I like the song so much. And at the very end, as happiness is fading out, you get I didn't timestamp it, but I'm just gonna find it. Uh, because it's so fucking good. Uh, yeah, it's an it's just an outro. It's called the Gondola Man, and it, it's also made me think of you because you called mandolins uh, gondola guitars or, or or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's called it's literally it's not mandolins, but it's played like a mandolin. So this is should be that. Turn that into a whole fucking song. Turn it to a song. It's so good. And it fades out after like, you know, less than thirty seconds. It, it, I, I, I don't, it's a bummer because that that was that was very cool. Um, and also think, speaking of like throw not throwaway but like really short, uh, kind of let's just do it real quickly and never do it again. Bye. The final track, I, dude, you couldn't get more up my alley than that song. I think that is a suitable closer for an album. It's called Bye. Yeah. The the. Two songs before that are probably the weakest songs. I like I like Can't Make a Sound a lot. I like that one. You do? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Actually, I, and I'm the one that gave. I know. Message. I know. Actually, <laughs> let me put on. Let me put on buy because it's like, it's less than two minutes, but it, it's nothing like his entire career. It is this. It is a super chambery, warm, romantic era piano. This is my. That's my favorite thing ever. If this isn't a horror movie, it would be so fitting. Again, it's it's so different. Yeah. For... It's almost like it, it, what I think of when I hear this <clears throat> is like being at an amusement park and then hearing this in the distance. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of creepy, but it's still really this pretty. This is the the music that plays on a haunted Ferris wheel. Yep. It's oddly, oddly enough, one of my favorite songs of his, and it's nothing like anything he's known for. I think Easy Way Out has some interesting uh, parts, but it is optimized for optim. It's maximum sappy. It is, yeah. Music. yeah just, one thing I noted about that song, it's like, it's okay. I don't love it. But it's like the writing is decent. I can't deny that the writing is like, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it's such a different style than what I like about him. Like, this isn't why I like him. That, that mm-hmm. kind of writing isn't why I think he's interesting or a talented dude. So it's like, it's fine objectively, but this is a different band. It's like a different band. And then uh, I got to talk about uh, color bars. There's some good piano on there. I agree. I d- specifically noted the pianos on color bars. They're really, real good. Also, he shouts out uh, Bruno Schellenstein, who's an actor who appeared in, in not one, but two Werner Herzog movies. So that's, really? that's legendary already. Already very legendary. Werner Herzog is uh, my god. I don't know about your god, but that's mine. Uh, yeah. I have a, uh, a a frisbee with his face on it called the Herzog Flyer, and if you're a normal person, he's the fucking old scary German dude in the Mandalorian. That's right. I, I forgot he was in that. I haven't watched it, but price, says price something admission like, alone. Uh, bounty hunting is a dangerous job. Don't dangerous you agree? Job. Don't you agree? <laughs> uh, I'm terrible. I'm gonna work on my Werner Herzog impression. Uh, I like. Did we talk about in the Lost and Found? I don't believe we did. Um, we didn't. I like it. It's still, you know, this whole album is super fucking Beatlesy to me. It's too Beatlesy for me. But I do like that one. It's something weirdly charming about it. The piano is like this really has this really bright ragtime timbre to it. It's just, uh, I want to hear an ice cream song, ice cream truck song played with that piano. But it, I don't know. I like the song. It's not like I don't think it's gonna win people over, but I think it's solid. Yeah, I think uh, I will say this because it comes up again. Pretty Mary Kay better here than when we revisited on a different album. Agreed. 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 But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this one, man, it's like the, the lack of originality with the arrangements made me like, like I can still appreciate the writing objectively, but I trying to separate the Beatles from this at this point was very difficult. Like it just becomes Mm -hmm. a a chore. And if you like the Beatles, then you obviously will like this, but like, I don't, 
listen to music for familiarity. I'm definitely in the minority for that. And I guess like music lovers in general who, who do that are definitely in the minority. I remember uh, meeting this guy, uh, an open mic who I fucking hated. And he was a nice guy, but he's a bad dude. If that makes sense. Uh, he just rubbed me the wrong way. He's something really weird and manipulative about him. And I, he played the worst music I'd ever heard. He was a, he's a fucking hack. I hate this guy so much. Uh, and he would comment on the songs that I played because I typically play fairly complex songs. And I was playing solo, but it was still pretty complicated, especially for the people you know that I was playing to, like you know, open mics, coffee shop stuff. And he said, I think that I'll never forget because of how much it fucking flabbergasted me. He said, if I can't predict a song, I tune out. Oh, he he's not alone though. That I, guy, I know that. I know that's what that blows. guy's speaking for the masses. Exactly. And like that blows my mind because that is the complete opposite. If I can predict it, I tune out. I do not ever want to mm-hmm. be able to predict where the song is going. That's so fucking yes. boring. Why would that why would you, man, it's such a bummer though. Like I, I love being surprised by shit. Like I love like, oh shit, there's a, that's a whole instrument I never would have thought of. Like that's exciting. Why would you not want more of that? I'll never understand that. I'll never understand it. People are garbage. That's all I got to say. And with that, let's move on to the next album. Well, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. There's a lot of setup for this song. Okay. So like 2001, 2002 is when his mental condition was right. really deteriorating extreme paranoia he would walk through like the woods and the mountains to get to the studio instead of this being like dropped off he was telling people like dreamworks is out to get him like they're gonna get me Uh like that doesn't make any sense uh according to his friend and musician david mcconnell uh smith had a 1500 a day uh, Coke and heroin habit. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. I guess you could do that with goodwill hunting money. I hate him. I hate him now. I hate him so much because of how much I would, how much good I would do with that money. God damn you. God damn you. Oh my God. I wouldn't do that much. His live performances were so horrendous that one reviewer actually said, if this guy dies within a year, I'm not going to be surprised. And did he die within and that year? Sure enough, in October uh, uh, 2003, he died of two stab wounds. Stab they could have been self inflicted. Um, but these were also following an argument with his girlfriend oh. and the coroner's couldn't really figure out if they were self-inflicted or done by someone else. Dude, stabbings, there's no way that's self-inflicted. You don't stab yourself to kill yourself. Like twice? Like one, two? (sighs) That's like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you stab yourself once, I bet it hurts, and you don't want to do a second time. (laughs) Just as a man who's not stabbed himself. huh? Well, oh, that's the other thing is... A lot of people say he was uh, he was like clean, but we talked about this with Devin Townsend and Strapping Young Lad. Um, when he decided to go clean, I get it. If you're a oh, junkie, cold turkey, everything, I get the the like need or how that seems appealing like i'm just gonna cut everything out and go all natural i totally get why that's appealing but 
if you are on antidepressants, antipsychotics, yeah, if you do not, if your body is dependent not, on it, yeah. So yeah, do not cut that out because I guarantee you, it is the the drugs and the alcohol making your life shitty. Not the, not to say that antidepressants and psychotics can't, but right, right. cut out the toxic Every, shit. First. Everything has a. Also, if you're on uh, antipsychotic medication, you know alcohol. Uh, interferes with that like that's yes. a thing they tell you not to yeah. do they tell you don't drink when you're on that like that's I'm, of course you're, you're not reasoning with a, a regular mind at that point um, yeah but man that's a fucking bummer I, hearing that story I do not think he stabbed himself uh, but I don't know I don't fucking know I don't got any uh, right any skin in this game so no but just, just, just saying. like and from a just logic standpoint it just doesn't seem like a thing a human could do uh, unless he was on like PCP or something. I don't know. Uh, sure. Yeah. Then again, a lot of Coke. Eh, you never know. Never know. A lot of Coke, a lot of heroin. Fuck. Uh, reviewers predicting he would tie. <laughs> insane. It must've been bad. Like the only thing I can kind of, uh, kind of equate to that or compare to that or stories I've heard about slam the family stone where he would just, he would be on stage just bent over, not moving. Like, like there, was, oh, there, was no, there was no performance. He just like, after a few minutes, they'd drag him off stage and the show would end. Like, where it's that yeah, bad. It was, like, how are you even, why, you're not going to make it that much longer. There's no way. Yeah, I was reading about him and one of them, he tried to say his hand fell asleep and it wouldn't wake up. And everyone's just like, sure. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I guess no one's arguing with, with the with the guy and anybody who's mentally ill and depressed and on all the drugs. Jesus Christ! So we're at the last hit, the last album that he recorded when he was alive. Uh, anything to pre- precurse that? Uh, no, that's just the lead up to it. Released a year after he died. A year after. Well, that's a while after. Okay. Uh, let us talk about it now. This is 2004's From a Basement on the Hill. Because it's taking a, a second to start up, I might as well note it now. This is not like him to have spacey uh, experimental buildups and this, this is, yeah, some psychedelic stuff. Yeah. Also, I think it's because he has the flaming lip drummer on here. He's also really into heroin. Oh, is he now? Ah, you know. Oh, that guy loves it. Heroin loves company, or whatever it is people say. <laughs> it's a great opening. This is so psychedelic. Yeah. This is uh, Payne and Paul's whole career right here. Ah, interesting, interesting. Another uh, Beatles, Beatles us each guy. Yeah. As much as I really love that guitar line, it's really cool and bendy. Uh, this is officially music I do, I'm not a fan of. This is officially a type of band that I don't like. like <laughs> I don't listen to this kind of music. This is, yeah. yeah. This is like modern rock. 
That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. And that's, that's it's just a personal taste thing. Alright, let us talk about this. What I think is an interesting album. Don't go down. You get the uh, also more like hazy drug induced music. Right. I love the tone on that one. Is that the one with the crazy ass guitar? Like in the second half? I think it is. Just throw it on. It's just doing a little bit of don't go down. Like the amount of psychedelia on this album compared to his entire career, it's like, what happened? Who'd you meet? He met the flaming witch. Exactly. I didn't know that, but it's it adds up. Yeah, this yeah. Also I met a girl So that's like a definite Beatles riff. But that guitar tone, it's super mid-heavy. It really works. I like it a lot. It's, it has this like this uh, almost a wall of fuzz behind them. This is a solid song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna deny that song. Also, also when an album is released after an artist dies and they weren't finished with it, mm-hmm. even though these sound mostly finished, right? But this was supposed to be a double album, right? Uh, but yeah, who's to say like if these songs still would have been the same or if you would have tweaked them and mm-hmm. all that? Um, the who'd they bring in? Rob Schnappich. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, he worked yeah. with he worked with Elliot Smith a lot. He was bought in, and uh, Smith's ex girlfriend Joanna Bloom. Mm-hmm. They were bought in to try try and uh, you know they didn't Help. add anything, but pretty much the track listing and the mixing. Oh, how okay, oh, how okay, do it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it fooled me. I didn't. I didn't realize that he didn't actually see it, its completion. Um, it, no, it also explains yeah. the the year after his death release. Yeah, they were doing their best. I actually, you know, it's all making a lot more sense now. All the weird production stuff, because like mm-hmm. it wasn't his idea. It sounds like, uh, and this is my favorite produced album. Like it sounds the best. I think his entire career, like all that spacey shit, I think sounds great. It's way cool. Uh, I am a fan of fuzz. Yeah. There's a lot of fuzz in here. There's there's more distortion that has ever been used his entire discography. Um, there's a lot of cool uh, textures, like not just synths, but there's like a lot of weird ambient stuff. There's like bird sounds and crickets, uh, and between songs, there's like these you know light experimental transitions, and it, I like that stuff. That stuff makes it feel more like a, a cohesive album. And also, this is the longest album yet. It's like 58 minutes or something. It also yep. it doesn't feel to me at least it doesn't feel nearly as long as the last two albums. So all that interesting production really helps the pacing. Um, it goes by a lot quicker. Uh, they'll have a lot of songs in here that I don't like just generally, but I do like the way it sounds way more than all the other ones. King's crossing, very, uh, Sergeant peppery. 
song. Yeah. You got like the ambient noise yep. intro into a song that sounds like it's a story. Yep. That I know that song specifically. I have a bunch of notes for that song. Like uh that intro is like it's so spacey. It's so heavy on effects. It's like refreshing. I really am glad they did mm-hmm. that. And then the rest of the song, it's like it's just another fucking Beatles song. Like, good God, dude. Like, how many of these did you write? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Um I will say the last hour feels out of place. That feels more like like earlier. The last Elliot hour. Smith, because you have these big fuzzy rock songs. And not that it's like off brand or anything. I'm just mm. saying on this particular record. You know, I felt that. Get this, say, go ahead. Say it again. You get this like quiet acoustic song. I, right. I, I felt that way about Twilight. Uh, like, I, I think it blows from a writing standpoint, but uh, I do like the synths on there. I like the synths a lot, but it, it also, you know, it's like uh, an odd, an oddly placed uh, solo folk thing amongst a, a sea of fuzz and, you know, Beatles knockoffs. But I do, I think Strung Out Again is fantastic. I really like that song a lot. Uh, that's like one of the few in the entire album that I had to like stop. I'm like, oh, okay, he's... I don't love what he's doing or what he's been doing, but he still has a couple up his sleeve. I like shooting star a lot too. I think it's, it's got great guitars on there. I think it's okay. Um, much like he has boring Beatles songs. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is big star, but boring. You know what? Fair enough. Because I haven't heard big star. Uh, and at least not anything other than passing. Yeah. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't constantly forced to draw that conclusion. I'm sure I would because the Beatles stuff, like, man. Oh, he, yeah. Like, I, I think when I finally lost it, it was a uh, memory lane. Like, I had, I literally wrote down, I'm so over this shit. Like, I'm tired of hearing the fucking Beatles here. Like, it's, just, it's just too much. Um, but, yeah, uh, the end of the album after this, those last three tracks are this kind of. Yeah, like little one on there. It feels like little one has like the craziest production yet, which I do like, but I don't care for the song so much. Uh, Yeah, this one I was I was really hoping this one would turn me around because of the production, and I was like, oh, it's getting dirty, it's getting dirty. And then literally the second song, uh, let's get lost. I'm like, okay, I'm out again. I'm I'm not now. I'm out again. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weak, weak second track. Uh, Man. I don't think it's a bad album either. Like it's okay, you know, but I, I just not for me. Yes. You know, funny talking to you about it right now. I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did. Uh-huh. That, that's, so. Yeah. That, that's how I felt about it. Like even, uh, uh, figure eight, I, I almost gave that one least favorite, but I went back and I was like listening to the songs that I remember noting that I liked. I was like, no, these are too good. Like I still like these a lot. There's no way I can get this any kind of mm-hmm. the same with this one, like because of, I, I dislike a, a handful of songs, but like it still has a lot to offer. I like the production so much more than every other album. Like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's pretty good. Uh, but more, this is a huge asterisk next to it though. Like if you like this fucking style, this whole nineties, you know, it's kind of generic rock, uh, heavy on the Beatles influence. This is not bad. Not for me, but not bad. You could do worse. Could do a lot worse. Uh, and that's that. I am going to say that and end that there because when we talk about the next album, I'm going to be very, very harsh. I'm going to be very mean. <laughs> I, think we yeah. both, I think we're both going to be very mean. 
<laughs> Are we ready to move on? Yeah. Let's do it. The this is not technically canon, but this is all his is all original song. Maybe a couple that were on on a previous album, maybe like one. There's a few cover songs. Yeah, uh, but overall. A big album full of unreleased songs. This is 2007's New Moon. I will admit you're yawning. You're yawning and you're not even joking. I mean, you're not even not joking. Wait, yeah. you're yawning for real, but also as an insult. Yes. I will. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit this out the, out the gate. When I heard this song, I thought, hold on. This sounds a little earlier. I think I might like this. And I'm okay with this song. Yeah. I don't hate this song. Yeah, I guess it's not so much any one song as it is the entire makeup. So if, you, if you're hearing this now and you've been listening to this episode, you've heard things like this. You know what he's about. And it doesn't change much. It's pretty. It's quiet. It's bulky. We get it. Okay, let's talk about it now. Oh, you want to do this in synchronization, Alex? Yeah. Three, two, one. Worse. Okay, this is... Boy, oh, this, this was is- hard. We've talked about albums that are like, oh, you know, if you're a diehard fan, this is 100% for like the most dedicated. Yeah. Like on one hand, it's cool. They did it for yeah. those fans that, you know, this music is available. But then on the other hand, nobody like no one should really seek it out. It is. It's too Two disc, yeah, double album, yeah. It's just the worst generic indie acoustic bullshit. Yep. Like I totally get why these were B sides and not released. Uh, this entire album is what I was terrified he was going to sound like from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I was expecting. This is exactly the worst case scenario. This whole album is the worst case scenario. Uh, I'm glad I ended up liking a lot of his stuff, but boy, oh god damn it, man! This one, it's like, I, and it, I think, it blows my mind that these were outtakes from the albums that I liked. Like, yes, there's nothing, yes, there's were. nothing in common. Like, these are the most generic, bland, predictable, you know, four chord. Some of the some of the transition stuff, some of the writing is okay, but it's like every song is either really edgy or really sappy. It's like mm-hmm. just picking between between the two throughout this entire extremely lengthy album. Uh, I knew I was in trouble after new monkey and looking <laughs> over my shoulders. Yeah. Those are the two most offensive songs on here because that's this one. I knew I was going to be a bad time. Um, and then you get a big star cover at the end, 13. 13. Uh, I, I didn't know that until looking at looking it up later uh, because of how much I really, really hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, I, I literally wrote down, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Like It was, it's a lot. It was yeah. hard. I think 
I'm going to say anything nice. I, I guess couple, Georgia, Georgia is, is kind of fun. I got some nice. I got some nice. I got four songs in this entire double album, four songs, and two of them I only kind of like. One is the opening mm. track, Angel in the Snow. The second is Riot Coming, which I think isn't terrible. I like Big Decision. It It's like... The main, I also wrote that big decision. It has the, my other. Yeah, it has the same main riff as Texas from Big Black, which is a much better song. But <laughs> the core, the chord changes are it's you know it's fast, it's energetic. It has legitimately surprising chord chord progressions. Cool and New Disaster, I think should have made it onto an album. I think it's that good. Really love it. It takes a while to get to get going, uh, but that main guitar line is chilling, and the bass is so serial killery. It's so heavy and low. Uh, it's really unlike a lot of his songs. It, it's it's like a, a sore thumb in a good way. It's the only thing to really stand out as different on the whole album for me. Uh, but I can go on a fucking rant about everything I don't like about this. Like, man, you said Georgia, Georgia. So it's not that I didn't like yeah. it. It's not that I, I hated it or anything. But I did note that if you listen to Georgia, Georgia and whatever back to back, you know, the way they're placed on the album, you might you might as well have heard the whole album. Because those yes. two types of songs back to back to back is what the entire thing is over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's edgy, dramatic, and then sappy and edgy, dramatic, and then sappy. And it doesn't end. It doesn't end. And it's like an hour 15. I, I actually got through it quicker than I thought I would. So uh... I, dude, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a confession. I made it through one and some change of this. I couldn't do full, full, two full listens. I was Holy like, shit. Yeah. I, I was skipping around. I was like, I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. I've heard this. Like, it's just, I fucking can't, I can't take it. Uh, like, like songs like placeholder make me hate this entire genre. Like that's definitive of why I hate this kind of music. It's just so <clears throat> fucking boring. And you're, you have a sweet voice. You're soft and you're, you're just, everything's so pretty and pleasant. And there's nothing interesting. There's nothing. I God, there's like how many of these songs exist in the world? I'm getting mad now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, A million. As as much as I don't like his music, I guess I got to give him props for leaving this stuff off the albums because. And that's also. Yeah. I totally agree that it, you know, doesn't belong. It's it's almost an odd, ironic testament to his talent and his taste because boy, he, he really fucking picked the best songs. Like these are very much like, yeah, you, you didn't need. And as a guy who writes music as well, like you have to write the bad songs to eventually oh, yeah. get to good. It's like necessary. You don't have to. Yeah. Release you got to feel them out. Yeah. You don't have to release it, especially as a double album. You don't have to do that. And I get it for the sake of his memory uh, and for diehard fans. Like, and I, I really, even for diehard fans, I'm trying to struggle thinking who is this for? Because, I really love the first three albums. Like, and this is when they were written. I loved that stuff. Fan, mm-hmm. bonafide fan. Hate this. Hate it, hate it, hate it. So like, man, it's a bummer of an album. It's a, it's a fucking bummer. It's so weird. Cause I think of my favorite bands and I'm like, I would totally love to hear like the B sides. So you wouldn't you wouldn't, this, man? If, if yeah, they're as good is, as they are, they definitely did some uh, some shearing, some some trimming of the hedges. Like it's no one. Like I've said this. Uh, it's been a while since I said it. But I said this like about the Beatles. I said it about fucking you know everybody who's revered as a genius. No one is a genius. It's just 
having the the talent and the sense to know what's going to work. Like you, I've written so many things that I really like and so many things that I'm like, oh, I'm not ever going to show anyone that, but I wrote it. It, it existed. It's important that I wrote it because I needed to get it out. It needed to, you know, it's a still a thing that I created, but it's not good enough to make it onto anything. It's not anything I would show sure. to anybody. That's all this is. Like, I still think he's a talented dude, but this is bad. Fuck. It is a, a testament and a disgrace at the same time. At the same time. time it's odd. And, and like, this is because even listening to it, it, it does take all the, all the, all the pleasant music you would hear in commercial boxes. Like it's nothing offensive. Nothing is like infuriating. Nothing is going to piss anybody off. Nothing's it's blatantly bad. Everything is nice. Everything is nice and fine. People will like this, but it well, is no not. Pink, huh? It's no pink moon. No, no, the, about no, 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 nor Chelsea <laughs> Wolf, whatever commercial she was in. Uh, but it's like, yeah, just because it's not bad doesn't mean it's good. And this is a perfect yes. example of that. And at this point in our, let's just call it a career of podcasting <laughs> uh, and how much music we've listened to, it's not enough to not be bad anymore. Like yes. to do the same thing over and over again, it's just not, it, we can't do it. It's just not good. Can't, can't mm-hmm. do it. Uh, and that's why I have such mixed feelings about this guy because I fucking love him so much at the start. And then at the end, I'm like, God damn it. Fuck. Yeah, that must be a weird feeling to have because I never... Right, you didn't have the highs so much. But then it's like, well, you know, some, some of the highs, you know, I'm a little jealous, but... I get, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I do I do still feel grateful that I can go back to those albums and I'm, like, I'm going to go back to them. Like, I still haven't had my fill. And you know what? Oddly enough, uh, this is a little inside baseball because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, hey, Alex, uh, what when were we supposed to do this episode? Oh, originally, like, originally, originally. Oh, wait. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. See, I forgot that this was like two, three weeks ago. This was supposed to be episode 47. And obviously episode 47 is big black uh, because I specifically moved it because I said, I can't do it. I need more aggressive music. I need to listen to big black. That was black. a good call. Yeah. I need, that was a good call. I can't go into something this mellow immediately after Strapping Young Lad because Strapping Young Lad, it jacked up my adrenaline. I wanted fucking more. I wanted more mm-hmm. heaviness and craziness. So, so going from that to big black was a lot easier. And I, even that, even then I still took forever to start because like I'm still listening to, I, to this day, I'm still listening to Strapping and Lad every day. I'm still, I'm still not yes. over them. I'm still super into them. So putting on this guy after all that, and the fact that it still made me a fan shows how how good I think those early albums are. Like, yeah, uh, take that with uh, you know for what what you will. It, did, it didn't convince Alex, but it, it, if I was on a Strapping Young Lad high and his first the, Elliot Smith's first album still made me excited, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty fucking good. Um. Yeah, you know, don't uh, don't listen to me unless you're like I agree with everything he said, including Yellow's time, including it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Not a masterpiece. How dare you, <laughs> Yellow's time? You know, I kind of want to go back and listen to that just to see how much I've, how far I've come. I tried to show it to Dylan, and he wasn't really on board either. So I'm a crazy person. Whatever. Possibly, possibly, but this is objectively the worst. Uh, it's. Uh, I guess it, there's some kind of solace in this, in the sense that it's not that canon. It's not really 
you know, he didn't oversee this so much. Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's filed under compilation. Right. It is only if you love every single album he's ever put out. The way I'll, I'll, I'll succinctly wrap up what I think this album actually is. It's the writing of the last three albums, but the production and presentation of the first three albums. Mm-hmm. So it took basically the two things I don't like about him and made it into one album, which is, huh? Or uh, almost two albums. Oh, basically two albums, you know, big ass double album. But anyway, let us recap. You go first. Surprisingly similar. Surprisingly so, similar. Uh, personal favorite, Roman Candle. Um, least favorite. XO best figure eight and then worse new moon for me personal favorite Roman candle we've raved about it enough or I've raved about it enough let's be honest uh, either or <laughs> 1997 best apparently that's a common opinion I feel it is justified I like it a lot and worse new moon 2007 yeah clearly you know we just yeah. let's just not talk about that again uh, exhausting exhausting but thank you so much for listening and watching if you've if you've done so this far and uh boy i hope you didn't uh love and, elliot smith too much going to this because you probably don't like us very much by this point and thank you i think to lars maybe thank, thank you no no absolutely thank you lars for suggesting <laughs> elliot smith because i fucking like i like these albums i'm glad i heard them and i'm gonna go back to them uh and also thank you for listening all the way from sweden where you don't have to do anything like that and also how the fuck do we end up in sweden like that's uh, uh, all right. Internet, it's crazy. Internet's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how this world works. Sometimes it's just like, oh, there's 600 views on a yeah on a on a random ass video, and you know we're we're slowly growing. We're we're growing. Uh, and you know all the people seem to be supporting and suggesting stuff or emailing, and it's all great. And I appreciate all of it. Also, I guess I should say shout out to the dude who on the neutral milk hotel episode who thought we were too harsh on it, but this went, Oh, whatever. Everyone's different. Like he didn't go, he didn't write some manifesto. He is just, Dude, oh, everyone's different. Shout fact, out to that guy. The fact that we can get a YouTube comment. I'm not, and I, I am qualifying it with YouTube comment because YouTube comments are volatile. Uh, Th- that is like, like fair and objective. And I was like, yeah, I agree to disagree. Like that's, <laughs> oh boy. That is real civil for we, the internet. We yeah. don't got too many agree to disagrees left in the world on the internet. I don't think <laughs> so. God bless you, man. But uh, if you want to support us, please subscribe on YouTube actually, as well as Apple podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher or wherever the hell you get podcasts. We're all over the place and we're apparently not stopping, uh, which is good because we enjoy this surprisingly. Please follow me also on Instagram. If you want to do this book club style, you want to know which artists we're going to be covering ahead of time before we record, you can like email us your your thoughts, your picks for best and worst, whatever the fuck, uh, as well as your suggestions for who you would want us to talk about and agree about and disagree about. Send everything you want to everyalbumever at gmail.com and uh, follow Alex at Mother Puncher and me at Pope Jesse Ventura. Uh, also last thing, Spotify playlist on Elliot Smith. There should be a link in the description of wherever, wherever you're listening and watching, uh, as well as, uh, fucking there's a, there's a playlist for every episode. You can find them all at every You should, the link in the description, the Spotify link should have a, you know, full 
uh, list of all the all the playlists. You can follow Alex on Spotify as well if you want to just you know skip the middleman and just be updated automatically. It's all good. We're thorough. We have a million fucking things happening. It's almost overwhelming to even say them in a row like that. The plugs are fucking it exhausting. Is. Good lord. But we're going strong. I think yes. Anyway, hopefully. Uh, yes, hopefully. Uh, I'm excited for the next episode. I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm excited for it because it is going to give us a nice breather in terms of uh, length. And then we're coming up on episode 50. And get ready. Get ready, folks. Get ready. That's all we're going to say. I feel like episode 50, it's more like we have something in plan for ourselves than... <laughs> it's it's a cool episode for viewers and listeners. It's a cool... It's very cool. It's very appropriate. You know, cool. For us, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's going to be a, bi- a big job. Big job for us. Uh, but anyway, I... I feel like I will take this last song. Yes, please do. However, however, it's going to be a very, we're going to be cool with this last. This is last call from Roman candle. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. See ya. Last call. He was sick of it all. Asleep at home.